Hello all, it's Julie back with another episode of You're in Charge. And today's episode is coming to you through the energy from the holidays and not really the good energy from the holidays. Today, I'm, I'm really realizing how um, bogged down, how illusioned we all are with the holiday season. There are people that go through some really tough times during the holidays, which is why the ER is chock-a-block with patients. It's why therapists are chock-a-block with clients and patients. It People are dealing with this stuff, but what about the people that aren't in the ER and aren't at the therapist's office that are still dealing with stuff and they don't know how to deal with it because they don't know what it is that they're dealing with. That sounds odd, I know. But today's episode is about how to leave a narcissistic relationship. And primarily, it's how to leave a narcissistic marriage. Men, this is for you too, because women can be just as much of a narcissist and just as abusive as men can be. And it's almost more damaging because of the perception that men should be the stronger one and therefore they shouldn't take this. But that's really kind of the conundrum that happens with any abusive relationship. And narcissistic relationships are abusive. Like, it doesn't matter if they've laid hands on you or not. The mental and psychological abuse that is incurred from a narcissistic marriage, a narcissistic relationship, is incredibly difficult to navigate and heal from. So I'm here to reveal shortcuts for you. And while it's not going to be easy and it isn't favorable by any means, I'm giving you this information because it will make it easier for you rather than having to reinvent the wheel, rather than having to guess about what's going on. So if you're here, if you've seen the title of this episode, you're already pretty aware of what a narcissistic relationship is because you've probably been searching for information. You've probably received certain information and it's resonated and not in a comfortable way. It's like, oh God, yeah, that's me. Okay, so the narcissistic response I'm going to come at it from like the covert version rather than the really clear malignant version, because just like abuse, like physical abuse, if you can see the bruises, then you know that you're being abused. And that's kind of what the malignant narcissist, like the really obvious narcissist is like, it's like people can see in some way, shape or form others around you, primarily the ones closest to you can understand a little bit no unless they've been in a narcissistic relationship they're not going to understand it at all but each each one has its own flavor it's it's just a real good time not at all so the covert narcissist and i'm going to say this because this can apply to the narcissist it's female as well as male, like, again, it it can be both. And I I don't want to give you the layout of what a narcissist is. I'm just trying to, to, I don't know, gloss over it a little bit, give you a little back story um, and understanding and awareness. So the covert narcissist would, it it could present like um, a doctor or a reverend could be a covert narcissist. And because what happens is you look at that and you say, okay, their role 
is a healthy, admirable role in society. But what happens to the person that's in the relationship is behind closed doors is when the damage is done. They tend to isolate. And some of the things that they'll do is behind closed doors, they'll do all the damage to you mentally and emotionally, where they'll, they'll use your vulnerabilities against you. Like if you're having an argument um, or just even a disagreement with somebody and you go to your spouse and think, okay, I can trust this person with what's happening. They'll collect those things. And then when they want to use them for their own benefit, they'll release them back to you and get you questioning yourself, gaslighting you and saying, well, you remember when you had that issue with Rebecca or, you know, Anna or whomever. See, it's like it, it happens to you all the time. So you're the one who's wrong in this situation. And they get you destabilized. Another way that they might do this would be to, um, if you call them out on them not having emotions, because with you, they're not going to, to do that unless they can benefit from it. The narcissist is always, always, always doing things that will only benefit them. So if it makes them look the hero, if it makes them look the this, this strong patriarch or matriarch of the world and, you know, the leader, blah, 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 then they'll make that storyline stronger. But all the while, they're subversively undermining you. And that's their role. It's to keep you destabilized at all times because they're stealing your energy. Okay, so, so they might, so let's say you call them out about not having emotions. They will turn it around very quickly, very harshly, and they will make you feel guilty and use those things against you. Then they will go to the people closest to you. And let's say you said they never cry about anything. Now they will go to your closest family and friends and they will cry to them about you. So now if you go back to your closest friends and family and say, I don't know, I feel so, I can't, I don't even, he's just, she's done. And you can't even finish the sentence and you don't even know what to say. You'd say, I told him he doesn't have any emotions. And they're going to look at you and go, he has emotions. What do you mean? He was just crying to me. Now you look crazy. So now your own friends and family, your stability is also adding to the gaslighting. They don't know that they're adding to it, but that's what's happening. So that's just a real short statement of what can be happening. They, there's other things that they could be saying, like, um, you, nobody else could, would want you. You're just, you're too dramatic. You're too emotional. You're too, and fill in the blank with whatever. So now you're really thinking, I, I'm not worth anything. Okay. And the reason I'm saying this is because that's it. Boom. They want to make you believe you're not worth anything. But if you weren't worth anything, why would they be holding on to you? So here's the deal. Narcissists magnetize to empaths, people who live from a good place, a heart-centered place, coming from your soul. They really, they feel things deeply. They know things because they come from a different avenue. The narcissist cannot, cannot access this place. So they need an empath in order to do this. And they will typically have multiple sources, but their primary source will be their spouse. Here's, here's a major catch. When you leave, if you have children, 
they will start attacking your children too in order to use them against you and get more of a source going and get you to come back and all of this stuff. So it is really important that what I am telling you, you hold in the strictest of confidence to yourself. This episode, you can listen to it over and over in in your own mind, in your own security and privacy. But if you start talking about this with other people, even your friends and family, the people that are quote unquote supposed to love and support you, you can be in trouble and you will let your, um, the act of surprise will be taken away. And that's really what you need here. So there's so much to this and each thing trips into 10 other things as, as I'm going along. Okay. So this is all really scary to somebody who knows that they need to leave. And the reason that this is coming out right now in the holidays is because your, their behavior is getting hyped up even further and you are getting worn down to your deepest degree. There's so much demand on the holidays to be cheery, to make the cookies, to decorate the tree, to, to do the things, all the things, raising the kids. Um, there's so much to be done right now. And it, the reason our ERs and our therapists are bogged down is because this is happening for everybody. So it's also the end of the year. And what happens is we start looking at the idea of, can I do this? Do I want to do this for another year, for the rest of my life? And we start asking ourselves questions. And you're not crazy for asking those questions. And if you've been asking those questions, then you already know that you're in a bad spot. There's probably not somebody outside of you validating this. So this episode is to validate you, to tell you you're not crazy. You are experiencing extreme abuse. You are experiencing hardcore inner violence. And the only way to get to that space of feeling worthy because a, a lot of the reason that we don't leave a narcissistic relationship is because first off they've gaslit you to the point where you think that you have no value you have no worth but there's also the codependence factor and that's not a judgment that is a statement of awareness i want to get you from a codependent state into a interdependent state and there is zero possibility of that happening if you are in a narcissistic relationship zero because they will always keep you off balance now this also seems really scary if you have small children or children at all with the narcissist because again it gets complicated but just like putting that oxygen mask on you first is most important and because you can't help anybody else. That's exactly what's happening in this relationship. If you don't help yourself, you will not be able to help your children either. So if you do not have children with the narcissist, that's the optimal situation. But, and I say that in air quotes because no narcissistic relationship is optimal. It is damaging through and through for the empath. It's really bad. But you can get out clean or cleaner if you don't have children. Okay, so I'm going to speak from the place of having children with the narcissist and what you need to do from there because 
the the person that um, does not have a narcissist uh, does not have children with a narcissist can also use these components, but they don't have to use them all. You'll understand. Okay, so first thing you need to do is just even inside of yourself decide that you are getting out. The second thing you need to do is have patience because this is not a flash in the pan, quick exit. This is going to take planning and strategy. And the entire time that you are planning this strategy, you have to keep it entirely secret. And what I mean by that is the element of surprise is necessary. You need to have everything locked down on your side before you exit the marriage. So you're going to need to continue on on your daily routine for a while as you start to assemble your your information, your your tactics. And sorry, just blanking out here for a second. Um, as as you go through, you're going to want to trust somebody else. And that is absolutely natural. The people that you would want to reach to are your close friends and your close family. And like I, the reason I used that crying example of you know, approaching the narcissist and saying he doesn't have emotions and then him using the him or her using the family against you is because I need to, I need to highlight that that's been going on the entire duration of your relationship, whether you know it now or not, they have been undermining you with a smear campaign since the moment you linked up with them because the narcissist has been doing this the majority of their life. They know how to manipulate people. They are very well practiced at this. It is a skill set for them. It is a necessary survival skill set in their minds for them. And their thought process and your thought process are entirely different. However, they will make it seem like they have the same thought process at times only to benefit themselves, only to support their own storyline and to be able to manipulate whomever around them to get their supply met. So when you start to create your plan, have something that you can take notes in because as you go about your day, you're going to think of certain things. What am I going to do about money for this? How am I going to get the kids taken care of here? What will happen? Um, how do I want to divide up assets and, and whatnot? And it doesn't all come to you at once, especially if you are in the survival mode of dealing in the relationship it different things will occur to you at different times so you want a safe and i cannot emphasize strongly enough a safe mode of being able to record this information something that nobody else is going to find and if they find it they're not going to understand exactly what it is so have a day planner or a journal, a calendar, a, um, a notes in, in your computer that's locked, something that absolutely nobody else can trip into, but that you can 
know uh, access on a regular basis and be able to jot stuff down quickly in as you think of these things. So one of the other things that is really important for you to understand is when when you go through this, you might you might think, okay, I have my my guy, my girl, my spouse, my whomever. They won't be that bad. They're not that bad. That's what happens. They might not be that bad because you've got stuff locked down. You are an incredibly capable person and you don't even realize how capable you are until you have left. You don't realize how many plates you can juggle, how many things you have spinning on a daily basis that the narcissist has no knowledge or contact with. It could just be stuff like getting the groceries and cleaning the house and maintaining the house and, you know, paying bills and all of these things, plus managing relationships within their family as well as your own. They don't manage these things well, typically. And the more they can just focus on their own selfish needs, the more they will give you dominion over the things that they don't see any power in. So understanding that you're doing all this, plus you are their source of, I'm going to put this in air quotes, love. Their idea of love is not love, but that's what they think. So they're getting that supply from you. So when that supply gets pulled, they start to freak out. So even if they are really cool with whatever's happening right now, once they realize that you're gone, they're going to react and it's not going to be pretty. That's why I'm telling you, you want to get this stuff locked down. You want to have your plan, your course of action and boom, 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 done. You're gone. So when you're doing that, you're going to go through the courts. You're not going to go through a mediator because they are not going to see reason. They are not going to see understanding and awareness. I want you to find a shark of a lawyer, somebody who absolutely has your back and know it inside out, upside down and backwards. Ask carefully, find out who these lawyers are, but they're not going to specialize in narcissism or emotional abuse or anything that is not recognized in the courts. And there are a few things that are not recognized in the courts. It is a, it is a court of law. It is not a court of justice. And they, they are, they have a particular skill set. And I want you to go in there understanding that while they will administer your actual separation and divorce from your spouse, they are not going to administer justice per se. If you get that, oh, God love you. But it's incredibly painful to find out that your children are seen as a commodity. They will not be seen as human beings. They will be seen as hours divided amongst the spouses. And they will see them as a monetary consumption. Food, clothes, stuff like that. That's all they see them as. So if you go in with the painful awareness, at least it's a truth that you understand prior to, and you can work within. You will not go in and find a lawyer that is going to say, oh, sure, let's make sure that they are with the best parent. That's not what's going to happen because they don't know the background. They don't know what's happening. And the narcissist is going to have made it look 
like they are the best parent. So appearances are not what they seem. If you know, hands down, that you are dealing with a narcissist, but that you know that they are going to have to have contact with their kids, I would tell you to fight for 80% custody and 20% with them. That is the best that you might be able to hope for because if they are, let's say they are a doctor, the, the court is not going to see it that they are a bad influence or something. So they're going to say, well, no, you can't do that. You can't, unless you can absolutely prove without a shadow of a doubt that there's abuse involved. There's no way that you're going to be able to keep your kids from them. And that is also another incredibly hard truth to realize. The court system can spin it very quickly against you. And I'm looking at the men right now who are dealing with their female narcissist. The typical, the stereotypical look is that still in our society, that the mother is the main caregiver of the children, whether that's legitimately the case or not, that's the perception. So that is what you are delivering when you go to the court and fighting for your right as a parent, especially if you are the male asking for 80% custody, you've, you've got to find somebody who can fight this fight. I am not a professional in any way, shape, or form in regards to the law. I just know what I have seen time and time again. So take this for what it's worth and do with it as you will, but apply it to your own individual situation as you will. Okay, so now the other thing is the courts will fight harder or divide, it will be more complicated with younger children. Anybody under the age of 14, like once the kids turn 14, then the courts kind of just go, well, the kid can decide for himself. And that ultimately can be a benefit to you as the parent, because then you don't really need to go with the court on this one. You can just kind of talk with your child and say, how do you want to do this? Let's work this through. That's another ball of wax. Um, But the younger the children, the more you have to sort through. So the other thing that's really important to know is the separation agreement is 90% of a divorce. What is included in the separation agreement is the stuff. It is how you will divide up all of your assets from the the china and the glassware in the cabinets to um, the, you know, furniture, the assets, the cars, the houses, like whatever you've accumulated that you share as a married couple. Those things are what go into the separation agreement. So decide for yourself. Don't think, okay, they are going to help me decide. They're not. If you want something and you are absolutely dead set on it, then that's something that I would encourage you to put in that notebook. Be willing to move things around a little bit. Okay, if I really want this and it's a thing or it's an amount of money, then look for where you can give something and make it seem like the narcissist is winning something. They will turn it around at all, at all times. They will turn it around on you against you. 
what you need to do is develop your plan as to where you're going to go, what you're going to do for income, for living space, where your safe space is going to be, how they will not have access to that space. Um, These are the things that you're going to constantly be rolling around in your head. If you are leaving assets on the table, the house, the money, the whatever, that can be really scary because there's the fear of what's going to happen to me. How am I going to live, survive, whatever? Because they might be the breadwinner. And that's the type of thing that you will fight in the courts. That's the type of thing that is useful for the courts to see and that the lawyers can help out with. But know primarily what you want to be asking for. Know where your investments are, where your assets are, um, any hidden money, you know, stuff like that. And start socking money away where you can, where it's not going to be seen and shared. Maybe start to get a credit card just in your name. Um, I, I'm sorry that, that I have to be saying these things, that, that you have to be sneaky about all this, but they've been sneaky and they are going to do these things without care about what happens to you or your kids. And when you remove yourself, they will start to turn on the kids as well. And that is a harsh reality. It is a really harsh reality. I hate that I'm having this conversation. I hate that the statistic that I've heard is that there are one in four people is a narcissist now. 25% of the population is a narcissist. That is a staggering number of people. And a very difficult thing to sort through and to deflect against and and how do you heal and all of that. You cannot heal until you find a safe space. And even when you find that safe space, I'm going to deliver another harsh truth. Once you find that safe space, your body is going to let down. And it can be ugly. So think about school. When you were in school, you know, it doesn't matter. Elementary school, middle school, high school, doesn't matter what. As soon as there was a vacation, what could you pretty much guarantee to happen? Someone would get sick. Boom. Household gets sick. That's kind of the premise that's going to happen here, except it's going to happen probably on a larger scale. The reason that is, is because your body understands you have a certain adrenaline that you're pumping through. You know, you need to produce a certain amount. So like when you were in school, you know, you needed to go to school, you need to get the tests done, the quizzes done, the projects, you go to the gym, you know, you blah, 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 blah. You had all that. As soon as you have a vacation, your body goes, great, awesome. Now we can get sick. Boom. And you do. Once you find your safe space, it might be a room in somebody's house. It might be a condo that's kind of beige, bland, sterile, but it's safe. It might not be optimal, but it is a step out and it is not forever. I promise it is not forever. It's just a step out of hell. And when you find that safe space, you are going to find that your body suddenly lets down. Maybe you can't stop crying and you're depressed. Maybe you get really ill. 
physically ill and it's just your body purging what it's been undergoing emotionally and psychologically that's been stored up in your body. Let it happen. Let it release out. It's okay to not be okay. And the more you allow it, the quicker you'll get through it. And that goes with everything. It is not fun. It is not optimal. And I am so sorry if you are going through this. And I want so much to help you. So that's why I'm recording this. But I'm going to circle back just for a minute and say the reason that this is coming out around the holiday season is because of the patterns. We have patterns in our lives. We will circle back around and around and around until we learn what we need to learn. So this lesson from a narcissist is about you learning your self-worth. You might have a common fight and it's going to differ from person to person, but you know that fight, you've had that fight probably since the beginning of your relationship. And it used to be that that fight, that argument would happen once or twice a year, maybe. And then that you, you might've started to notice, maybe you haven't noticed. So I'm drawing your attention to this, that fight started to happen more frequently. Then as your relationship started to progress, maybe that fight started to happen three or four times a year. And then maybe it happened four or five times a month. And then you started to see that that sucker was whipping around so quick. And every time that you attended to it, it didn't get attended to by the narcissist. It would just get shelved, turned back around on you. The holidays bring about this pattern. It comes back around, it gets heightened. Now is your time to start making your plan. Make your intention to love yourself, to find your self-worth and hold on to that. You are worthy of receiving love of having somebody truly love you, reflect back to you, talk sweetly to you, think of you, hold you at night, make dinners for you. Think of bringing ice cream home to you just because they knew it was your favorite flavor. They saw it and they just thought, you know what? She's had, he's had such a hard day. Let's just do something, just us. That can happen. And it doesn't just have to be you bringing it to the table. But you have to go through separating out of this toxic environment. And you can't fully recover until you clear yourself from this. So start going through your house. And as you put away the holiday stuff, start looking at it and saying, do I want these ornaments? If so, start dividing them in half as you put them away. Then you'll be able to grab them when you want to leave. If you don't care about them, that's okay too. That's, that's information. There's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad in this situation. It, well, I mean, there's some bad, there's a lot of bad, but you get to decide what you want. And now that is going to be incredibly foreign to somebody who's in a narcissistic relationship too, is understanding what you want. This is where you start to decide. It's okay to want to have the freedom. It is okay to want to have half or more of the assets. It's okay to not want those things. I'm thinking about Tina Turner and Ike Turner right now. She left everything on the table. All I want is my name and I'm gone. Give me my freedom. Now that was an incredibly abusive relationship. 
but she had an awareness that she could bring with her whatever she created. She created that wealth. You create a certain wealth too. It might not be a monetary wealth, but there is an abundance inside of you. You create love. You create warmth. You create those things that make safe harbor for your kids. You are responsible for those. You can create that again, but you have to create it inside of yourself first. Please know you are loved. You are lovable. You might not see it yet, but it's there. And I just want to encourage you to keep going. I'm hoping I've given you enough with this to to believe in yourself, to trust yourself. And again, I cannot stress enough how important the element of surprise is with this. Get your information down. Know who your lawyer is. Know how you're going to extract yourself, what your extraction plan is, and do it in stealth mode. And know you really can't trust people right now. And that's not their fault, and it's not your fault. It's that this is a mess. Narcissistic relationships are not logical. We want them to be, but you cannot make sense out of nonsense. And that is what the narcissist lives on, is making nonsense. And then making you believe that it's your fault, that you're crazy. This all, this all makes sense. See, look at it this way. And I'll explain it to you like... Um, a police officer would be grabbing criminals or um, the, you know, um, what was that show? The criminal law, whatever, the BAU unit, um, finding the serial killers. You have to think like a serial killer in order to catch a serial killer. And you're not capable and of thinking like a narcissist. And that is a good thing. It makes you crazy because you're trying to defend against something, but you can't think like them. And that's actually a good thing. But stop trying to make sense out of nonsense. Stop trying to go up into your head when it needs to be from your heart. And your heart has been so screwed with that you can't make sense of it. So you need to get clear of it, get clear of the toxicity, look for the patterns so that you can stabilize yourself and know that you are not crazy. You've just been made to feel that way. Trust yourself over all others. And that is gonna be a really hard thing to do right now, but you're not wrong. Follow your intuition, follow your gut instincts. And Dispel the roles. So you think, let's see, your parents are going to be your saviors. That that role is a protective role, but they might not be able to be your protectors because they might not see who this person is. If somebody absolutely sees who it is that you're dealing with and they are in your close circle, then you can trust them but don't rely on it and only rely on them if you know without a shadow of a doubt that they are not going to spill the beans that they're not going to get drunk one night and tell your plan to somebody else and screw things up if you know that they can keep it within themselves great but odds are that you don't have that so just keep going, find a therapist, find somebody that you can trust. If you can't, just trust yourself.
keep going, keep going, keep going. Please find safety for yourself. And in the meantime, as you're going through this, find joy, find little bits of joy in your day. If it's hanging an ornament on the tree, relish in that. Find your love and your joy in the little moments. In There was a meteor shower the other night. See that stuff. The twinkle of the lights. Find it and hold on to that as much as you can. Take deep breaths. Find meditative places, even if it's just for five minutes. Most parents know that their secure place is in the bathroom. So go lock the door and breathe for five minutes. Put earbuds in or you know, headphones on or whatever, and listen to some calming music and just breathe and bring yourself back to the now moment and know you can do this. Please share this episode far and wide, because like I said, if that statistic is true, if one in four people is a narcissist, there are so many people that need to hear this information. There are so many people that need support and don't know how to get it. So this is a great way to pop your earbuds in and know you're not alone and you can do this. I don't know what time frame you're under. I don't know how long it's going to take because each person is an individual and their own inner wounds are what's going to slow the process down. So the longer it takes for you to find your self-worth, to find your voice, the longer it's going to take to get through this. So buckle down and know that you're worthy. Find that worth and know that you're one day you're going to feel worthy, one minute you're going to feel worthy, and then the next minute you might not. And that's okay. It's progress. You're moving forward no matter what. You're still continuing on. It's important that you know that. It's important that you understand that just recovering more than what you did the day before, a little quicker than the day before that is improvement. You're not going to get free and clear in the blink of an eye. And the more you understand that, the easier it will be. Time is elusive and can feel combative. It can feel like it's it's the thing that's keeping us back. If if well, if if I'm not done in two months, then then I must be no. You might not be done in two years. You might not be done in two decades. I don't know. And I hate to say that to you because that can be scary to look at. But not knowing shouldn't stop you. Just keep going. And don't forget to look back. Don't forget to say, okay, I'm doing better than I did yesterday. Don't forget to have those small victories. I'm hesitant to stop this episode because I want so much for to say it all, to be clear. And I guess look back at my other episodes that build self-worth, that help you find little bits of information to hold on to within yourself because that's really where it starts. This is about anchoring in to self, to self-worth, self-love. And those are very elusive and not very well-known or well-practiced things in our world. So, God, life is hard. 
and it just gets harder and harder with a narcissist. It's not going to get easier. So please know I love you. Know that I'm doing this from a place of love and I'm trying to deal with the really tough stuff so that you can have it a little bit easier as you go through the really tough stuff so that we can band together. Dance a little, find the joy, it's okay. It's kind of like after somebody's died and you laugh for the first time, it's okay to laugh. It's not, it's not a crime. It's okay to find lighter moments. Ah, uh, here's one, I knew that I'd forgotten about this. Here's the fact about the narcissist. And I just lost it again. Oh, God. The thought, oh, please let it come back to me. Please let it come back to me. You're not wrong for feeling good in your life. Oh, God, I wish I had that one again. I can't believe I had it and then lost it. The narcissist is broken. I don't know what broke them. I don't know what happened, but that's not your job to figure out. You can't save them. All you can do is save yourself. And the only way that you can help others is by helping yourself. Because when you do that, then they see a way out. So if you can't do this for yourself right now, do this for your kids. Do this because you're modeling a way out. You are showing them a new way to do this. If you can't do it for them, then you do it for your sister or brother. And I'm putting that in air quotes because that can be a bunch of different people. It can be your neighbor. It can literally be your brother or your sister. Do it to model it for them, to show them a way out because they might not have the strength either. Borrow your strength wherever you need to borrow it from. Maybe it's a character in a movie. Maybe you get your strength from that and your inspiration from that. Maybe you read an article and you get your strength and your inspiration from that. It doesn't matter where you get it from. Get it in little bits and let it collect and hold on to that. Make a gratitude journal. Be grateful for those little things every day because they are hard to hold on to in times like this. But it's what's going to get you through. Believe in yourself. I believe in you. I know you can do this. You don't feel strong, but you are. You don't feel abundant, but you are. Look for those abundances. Look for those joys. Look for the ways to dance your way through life. And if you have any questions, please reach out. I want to support you. I want to help you. I guess I'm leaving this one here. And until next time, you're in charge. Hi there, me again. You're still in charge, but there's three things that I have thought of. This is uh, the day after I recorded the previous um, How to Leave a Narcissistic Marriage episode. And these are incredibly important. And one of these things is the thing that I, that I um, couldn't remember at the end of the, the recording. One is eat clean. Eat as clean as you possibly can because you are in a marathon and your body needs the most support it can get. While you're going to want to give in to the sugar, the caffeine, the trans fats, like the quick fast food type things, 
because they're easy, because you are spread so thin, they are going to deteriorate you further. And when you finally do get out, it's going to make that health crisis even worse. So try to improve little bits at a time. Do not go for perfection, just progress. And, you know, get, <clears throat> get more vegetables in, get more fruits in, drink more water. I just cannot stress enough how clean eating and exercise, like get out in nature as much as humanly possible. Even if you are just sitting in nature, that is fine. Do your meditation out there, do stuff like that. That's really key to healing yourself through all of this. Um, point number two is as much as you have to use your discernment because you need, you can't necessarily trust the people around you. You have to trust somebody. Um, there has to be somebody that you talk to. So find a therapist, do something because, um, you need support through this and it is incredibly hard to get through without it. You can do it alone, but find the discernment because what's going to happen is the narcissist is going to, um, they're going to flare up. I told you that before they're, they're going, they're going to flare up. So you need to be able to have somebody that you can express the emotion to, because you cannot, I repeat, you cannot express your emotion to the narcissist. They are going to come at you. They are going to stir the pot in the worst way that they have ever stirred the pot before. And you are going to get triggered left, right, and center. And you are going to want to attach to that. Do not do it. Start to communicate with them only in text or email. Things that you can record and save them. Save them for court if need be. But when, when you are in conversation with them, you deal with only the facts. This goes for the kids too. Okay. Johnny has a band rehearsal on, at Friday at four. Are you going to take him or am I? Period. End of story. I will. Done. That's the end of it. Not, I always take him. I can't believe you can't be there. None of that. You can do none of that. They will not hear it. It will get you fired up. It will get you triggered further and you will not be able to recover as quickly as you need to. Trust me. I know how hard this is and it is important. It is incredibly important. So eating clean, understanding that you cannot communicate with the, with the narcissist except in fact only schedules, all that type of thing. Like just boom, here it is. The more you pull back your energy, pull away from the situation, the more they are going to flare up. But if you hold that line and you're, you might have to hold it for a while, Keep holding that line and it will be for your best interest. It will be your healthiest moves. You will feel better. Not immediately, but in a year, two years, I promise. Maybe even sooner. Maybe even sooner if you do it really well. If you're able to pull away from them, it can be great. So I think that's it. Food. Water, fact only, ah, and money. This, this one is good for your psychology, like, because you're going to be, you're going to feel like this is always going to be this way. It is going to feel like you are never going to get out of this and you will. I promise. I'm sorry that I've put timelines in there that seem like, oh my God, not helpful. I'm trying to give you the truth so that you're not swayed. You're not um, seduced into thinking this is going to be a quick fix. 
so that you go into it with realistic expectations. But one of the things that you're going to be afraid of that is going to get triggered is that this is the last money you will ever receive from the, the marriage um, settlement from, you know, whatever child support or alimony you might be able to get out of them. Don't hinge on it. Don't bank on it. Don't rely on it. But you will get more money. You will make more money. You will be able to work. God love you if you already have a viable job that you don't need to rely on the ex-spouse for soon-to-be ex-spouse. <clears throat> this isn't the end. It is just a really painful end to a really great new beginning for yourself. You don't know what that looks like, but it won't involve agony. It will not involve this suffering. It won't involve this mental anguish. So if you feel like you're in hell, keep going because that is not where you want to be resting. So I believe that's it. Until next time, you're in charge. <laughs>